One day, we will have to stand before the God of history. We will talk in terms of things we've done. I was unhoused myself for most of last year. Um, and so this work is very personal to me, but it doesn't have to be personal to you. It's just the right thing to do, right? Yes, we will be able to say, we build gargantuan bridges to span the seas. We build gigantic buildings to kiss the sky. But that is so real for what women, especially black women and black trans women face, right? Yes, we made our submarines to penetrate oceanic depths. We brought into being many other things with our scientific and technological power. Definitely part of why we're here is to document any abuses that happened during this week, um, because of course, you know, the testimonies of unhoused people are generally ignored by law enforcement. Seems that I can hear the God of history saying, that was not enough. But I was hungry, and ye fed me not. I was naked, and ye clothed me not. You work for us, not the other way around. You get it here? Did I stutter? Did I stutter? I didn't say what. Okay, that's what I thought. I wonder if there's any other sheriffs in any other location preventing the exit for the unhoused community. I was devoid of a decent sanitary house to live in, and ye provided no shelter for me. And consequently, you cannot enter the kingdom of greatness. If you do it unto the least of these, my brethren, ye do it unto me. That's a question facing America today. Mayor Garcetti calls it a success and a model to be used in other encampments. Councilmember Mitchell Farrell states this is a victory. He housed over 200 people, unhoused people, in Project Room Key. Chief Michael Moore is eyeing other possible places to enact what he did at Echo Park. This episode is called Sweeps, coming to a place near you.
It is important to note that there was one sweep that happened prior to Echo Park that doesn't get much attention. But Echo Park is the one that has made headlines and have got people clamoring for answers and questions. This episode will highlight the sweep that occurred over in Hawthorne. And it's, of course, the self-explanatory sweep is the one that is in Echo Park that I witnessed at both. I was at Hawthorne and I was at Echo Park too. There's much lies to uncover here. And there's so much voluminous activity that it is in paramount to say, if you want a more expansive view as well, to look onto my video podcast where I take to task some of the erroneous statements and lies. This is Theo Henderson from Weedian House, and I'm sincerely hoping we meet in the light of understanding and utilize this moment, this galvanizing moment, to speak out against this injustice. Henderson from We and House, and we are here in Hawthorne again, but in a different location. Um, we were doing a segment, a follow-up segment on where they are now, as well as introducing newer guests uh, to our show. Uh, we and House is to uplift the voices of houses, people, and displaced, and get their perspective instead of someone telling them their story. It's best that they hear, hear it from their own words. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Mr. Cisco. Mr. Cisco, thank you for having me. You're uh, so, Mr. Cisco, uh, how long have you been out here? About 10 years. 10 years? What, uh, how, what brought you out here for 10 years? What, what, what's happened? Family problems. Um, and you were younger, you obviously you were a younger man and the family problems. And so, what was your first night like being displaced and being out here? Because it's not like a, what they're saying, like it's a party, you're having a mansion and things like that. What's, what was the challenge? Cold, quite a to live, house, food. It's hard, but it's not hard. It's what we make it. Yeah. So what is your average day like for uh, you to get up in the morning? Let's say, like, say tomorrow, because right now the wind, is, uh, wind and the weather is very cold. So what would you your first few steps in order for it to just survive? Well, since it could rain, keep my, uh, my stuff dry. Is it hard to keep it dry when it rains? Yes. What techniques do you usually use? Tarts. Uh, tarts. Just tarts. Okay. Oh, I see. Uh, so, 
Um, what would you say there is are there places where you can get food or is there places that you have to make do what 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 what, what skills do you use to do that? Well, well keeping one hundred I, I go out there still, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I go to the churches, you know, a lot of times they churches on certain food once, you know, one time out of the week, you know, we every day, you know, so mm -hmm. I gotta go out there still. I'm homeless, so I look, I take care of them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And I, one of the things I also I've noticed too with unhoused people, they have to do a lot of survival things in order to survive. How do you deal with people judging you negatively when you have to deal with that? Or do you encounter that? Yeah, a lot. I talk to them sometimes, or I just laugh at them, you know. But they just don't know. They like to change the drop of the diamond. One of the things also that it is brought to my attention and I hope to uh, talk about is like, uh, is it possible that your family, because there always people are saying, well, where is people where your family is? Is it possible that your family can repair you guys in relationships so you can be put back in home or is that not a, not a, uh, not a possibility? No, not for me. Once I, once I, once I got put out, they don't live for me to go back and just put out the Sorry to hear that. So, uh, what if there is a person that's just becoming unhoused and or uh, on the streets? What advice would you give them? Because you know, usually it's very scary for me. I walked all night uh, my first night. The second night, I just rode on the bus all night because I was tired. But so, what 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 offer? What skill? What what techniques or what um, advice that you can give the people that just becoming unhoused? Shelter. What if the shelters are full? Just, what you can, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's survival, you know what I'm saying? Ask for help. That's all I can say, ask for help. So, what would be the best way for us to help you? You've been here 10 years. Would you be open to going to a hotel or, or a place that they can get you at home or your own home instead of having to worry about someone else throwing you out? You have your own control and your own destiny. Would you like to be able to get your own home? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, a couple programs come out here, you know, they put a shit, you know what I'm saying, because they have me scheduled to go to a um, transition home. Mm -hmm. I need some paperwork done, so okay. I got their paperwork done. I call when they come get it, they never come, they never come, and I end up losing the spot. Mm -hmm. But then some other people come, and I, they explain to them what happened. They call the dude, ask me what happened. They lied and said I was here every day. They came every day, but they never came. So, so basically, they just uh, shafted you out of your own opportunity to have your own home. Uh, do you guys have much uh, police coming by to bother you guys? On this side, no. Oh, we cause problems, they come, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. we try to keep it clean. Mm -hmm. They don't do uh, schedule sweeps or cleaning and things like that? Yeah, they do. Illegally. Oh, illegally. Okay. They don't, they don't do it the way they're supposed to. Okay. So wow, uh, what would you like to leave for people to understand about your situation? You just told us it's hard. Uh, what would you like to leave the audience to understand about your condition? Because people believe that people like to be out here, they don't want help, um, and, and it's like you guys live in mansions, and you know, it's like a constant Disneyland experience. And what you're telling me, that is not true. So what, what insight would you like to let these people that say that 
them to know. So you ain't living in the mansion, though. <laughs> you're not having a Disneyland experience where you know the pocket full of money. <laughs> right. Well, that's why actually they really believe we, we, that house people live like that. Because we ain't paying no rent or nothing. Yeah. We still got paid by food and everything. It's hard. Yeah. You know. Like, you know, try walking my shoes right now. Yeah, yeah. And try, uh, try to go for for a day. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Understand? You know, we ain't no better. We ain't no better than. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate your uh, your, your candor. Uh, this is Theo Henderson from Weedian House here uh, at Hawthorne, and I thank you all for listening. And let's warmly meet in the light of understanding. Thank you. sweep here we have a few activists here that has been uh, charting and documenting as well as observing how the city has been criminalizing our unhoused neighbors out here and I have one of the activists here who has been has some very good insight and I wanted to talk with her a little bit about uh, this as well as other matters without further ado it is Danny Hi, good morning. My name is Danny. Um, I bounce between San Pedro and Long Beach, California. Um, but I really, I go all over. Wherever the work needs to be done, that's where I go. Um, so that's why I'm here. We're here in the border of Gardena and Hawthorne, which is more north of me, but still in the South Bay. Um, yeah, so we were just talking about documenting sweeps. Um, so technically this canal is not part of the city of Los Angeles or Gardena or Hawthorne. It's a weird gray area that public works and other um, entities like to do that. Um, so it um, pushes off accountability from the city and city council members, quite frankly. Um, the supervisor here for this district is Board of Supervisor Holly Mitchell. Um, so I would advise people watching to write to Holly Mitchell, tell her to stop the sweeps. Um, and it's important to document these sweeps because um, the egregiousness, and these are human rights violations, right? Um, people deserve housing. I'm a tenant rights organizer, um, but to me, housing is a human right no matter what. It's not just a cute saying that we say. Um, and just because somebody is living on the street or in their car, as I have as well, I was unhoused myself for most of last year. Um, and so this work is very personal to me, but it doesn't have to be personal to you. It's just the right thing to do, right? Just because somebody doesn't have an actual building that they live in doesn't mean that this isn't their home, right? And it doesn't mean that somebody's self-worth is less than or that you should treat them less than that because they're living in their car or living in a tent um, and not in an actual apartment building or house or so on and so forth, right? Danny, based on your lived experience of being in the house, what was the what was it like for you? <laughs> you know, like I hate to quantify it, but you know, my experience I'm sure wasn't as bad as some other women that I know who have been living on Skid Row for many years and stuff like that. I was very fortunate 
that you know I was couch surfing and I was you know, I did have to sleep in my car mm -hmm. at times you know and it's and so that's why it was important for me to find these resources because um, I work with tenants that were illegally evicted as well before they, they started working with me um, and you know but it's still scary like um, being perceived as a woman like I'm non-binary but I use all genders all gender pronouns um, but looking feminine and being perceived as a woman as um, is very as incredibly dangerous um, and we've had discussions in different locals about asking for consent to arm women and femmes and queer folks that are unhoused and trans folks that are unhoused especially people of color by POC people right because we are the folks that uh, the, the most amount of state violence is uh, impressed upon us right and so it's very important to teach people these skills how to protect themselves if they want it right and we've even talked about self-defense classes too right um so yeah i mean be, being a woman or femme or being perceived as a woman is is it's you like i can't i'm so sorry i can't remember her name yes but yesterday a bunch of amazing black women spoke at an event for LA Can for International Women's Day and they the stories were just so horrific but that is so real for what women especially black women and black trans women face right and if I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna say black lives matter then like those are the women that I need to uplift right so that's why like personally for me like I don't like talking about my story because I feel like you know there are other people that I need to uplift, right? I agree, and uh, most importantly, yes, uh, many times black women, as persons to say, are the muse of the world. But your story is just as important as ours. One of the things that I always talk about in order for any black liberation to occur, we don't want to be sitting there at the table alone. We want a seat at the table. So your story is just as important too. We are all white by white supremacy, and, and, and also in addition to this, that there is an uptick of Asian uh, anti-Asian violence. So you, your, your story is just as important to be uplifted too. I have uh, I bridge uh, several communities in the Asian communities here, and I, I, I definitely am against that, and I also stand with you guys in fighting against this as well. Thank you so much, Theo. I really appreciate that to be seen and be heard by you and the community. Like that's that's really like that means a lot to me. Like, and yeah, I mean. I always say it, Yellow Carol supports black power, always, you know, like that's, that's real for me, like that's, that's not just a saying and like that's something that is so important and I try to live that to the best of my ability every day and, you know, I think being, I've, I've had friends that have called me out when they felt like I've done anti-black things and you know, yeah, it, I get butt hurt, excuse me for lack of better words, but you know, at the same time, like if I'm truly for black liberation, I need to take that criticism and I need to work on myself, right? I need to be accountable because that's moving towards abolition. That's moving towards transformative justice and the future that we want to live in and we want to exist and build, right? So yeah, thank you for giving me the space <laughs> and this platform. Thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you for, for, uh, for being here for us as well. I, like I say, we are all in this in a way together. We, are all, uh, we may not be in the same boat, but we're in the same storm. And the best thing we can do is with each other to protect ourselves from the store is be there for each other. And Fanny, I really appreciate uh, you coming out speaking and coming out. And, and there's many people are probably in bed, off the work. You know, this is something that's really important for all of us. This is a human rights issue for everyone. So is there anything else that I missed or you'd like to say? Um, 
know if you want to donate you can donate to la cam you can donate to streetwatch la you can donate directly to theo um the downtown women's coalition is an amazing resource so they help women that are unhoused directly on skid row that are directly impacted that are mostly by poc women um you should donate to reclaim black la um and uh black august um and there's so many other resources out there like just do a little bit of googling or sorry not to give them money but <laughs> not to plug them but yeah just do a little bit of digging and there's so many great organizations if you can't be on the ground right now due to covid that's totally understandable there are ways to give directly to the community that way you help directly and you advocate directly with the community this is about advocating it's not about saviorism it's not about charity. This is working directly with people, asking for their consent, and that's that's how we do it. <laughs> Absolutely, we're working with uh, the the house community. We're working with the other groups, not for them or to them. This is Theo Henderson for Weedy and House. I thank you all for listening. This is Weedy and House exclusive, and I hope we again meet in the light of understanding. take a moment to explain to the listeners who are so hell-bent on the Game of Thrones and have the time, all the abundance times and other mainstream kind of entertainment, but when it comes to uh, learning about the other house, they want us to encapsulate it in like two or three minutes so they can go back to their regular scheduled programs. Well, if this is war at once and two, um, for most part, for the other house and to getting their stories out, the second part is you're a guest, and by all means, you must be listening in and learning and figuring it out because one of the elemental things that's going on right now is a very windy cold day which is why i got uh my uh, hoodie on because it's cold as hell and and i'm trying to um, i used to have my little style the sunglasses and all that i kind of threw uh knocked that off when it got cold so uh, without further ado i'm going to introduce sam and we're going to have a, just a, a brief conversation to talk about you know his experiences and in his own words welcome sam but so Sam, uh, tell us uh, what is like. This is a unique situation, obviously. Yes. So how long have you been unhoused or on the streets? Uh, about like two and a half years. Two and a half years. Yeah. What got you to this place? Because this is one way. It's kind of sectioned off from people, but it's also you're still around people because there's houses over there. Mm -hmm. So what made you come through this area? Uh, really from Gardena, um, doing trucking. Oh, okay. um, got into it, you know, family issues. Came out here and um, tried to make the best of it. Uh, my mom is ill, mm. so trying to stay real close to what's going on. Situation with her. Mm -hmm. After that, I, I really don't know. I'm sorry to hear about your mother's illness and the family issues because most people have, um, you know, usually utilizes your family as your connection and your backbone. Mm -hmm. But when you got an ill family member and you're trying to take care of her and deal with houselessness, it could be very difficult. How, how do you manage this? Uh, we try to manage it the best way you can. Try to, for me, keep everything on me. I try to just go on my way to just try to help everybody else, side myself, get out of me. Try to do the best we last for that day. Keep on. Do you have any children or anything yes. like that? How many children do you yes. have, sir? I have four. 
so our they're obviously not here because yeah, you know, so uh, they're to be taken care of. That's that's usually what I notice. Most parents or fathers prefer the kids to be taken care of, and they will just go and 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 make do with it. So is is your family uh, taking care of your kids? Yeah, uh, yeah. I had a beautiful wife, I had a, a kids, mother. You know, everything worked out for us. You know, I'm not a bad guy. This was a f-ed up father. Sorry to hear that. Not good. You know, it is what it is. Uh, so, um, wh- what you lost your job, obviously, and now you're trying to get yourself on track. Uh, what ideas do you think that can help you get you out of the situation? What do you think? First of all, I gotta you know, be real with me. Get up out of the situation. Do me and stop just looking for everybody to come through and just, you know, God said, you know, not the answer. Asking you to be given. Well, that usually means that people come to help because we're a community. Yes. You know, that, that door, when that you knock, that somebody yes. is sent to yes. help you. Yes. Um, so one of the things is, one out here, what's living like out here? Because I, right now, for me, I'm cold. So I don't know how you, you, you got a tougher skin than I do. But. Yeah, um, it's hard. Let's deal with it, you know what I mean? There's people around that say that people on the street they're living in a lap of luxury. This is like a high, uh, you know, people are living in mansions or McMansions and you guys are getting millions of dollars and, you know, you just basically love living in the, uh, the high party life. Do, is, is this is this true? No, no, I mean, it's more, for me, I'm trying to get out of me dealing with the situation I am in than to be Walking around here mad, knowing that I am homeless and hurting somebody else because of my situation. Mm-hmm. So they can think what they want, you know, they, until they hear. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the part to get to me is staring. You know, it's not yeah. really cool. Yeah. People definitely love to stare at people and make themselves feel better by putting other people down. I have, I've noticed that being down in LA. So, are there any programs out here? If, like, for example, do they have a project room key or places where? Uh, to help unhoused people out here, do you have you seen any of that? Yeah, they, yes, they opened a program with giving um, hotels to clients and um, things that worked out to nature. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, don't mean to say this, but we get the wrong people to hotel. Oh, okay. Well, <coughs> some of the uh, what I've heard multiple different reports. One is like people have told me it's like a prison cell that they give them a five or six o'clock curfews. I wouldn't give a. Yeah, so, so you know, that, that, so there's a mixed, uh, mixed conversational point there. What yeah, I'm trying to say, yeah, it's not it this, just like out here. It's not like you're not living the life of luxury. That uh, even though they may have hotels, they're still treated like they are done crimes that they haven't done. So, so that's uh, so it's a very fluid conversation. Uh, so, what would be the best way to help you in order for us to uh, figure out how to get you on track? To help me is that Okay. It's hard for you to open up half your help. Yeah. Oh. I mean, for a man, yeah. I mean, it's, very, yeah. it's very hard for me to ask for help. Yeah, society tried to drum that in us, but there's nothing wrong with getting asking for help. We all need help. None of us came and done this alone. That, Despite what people always like to say, that is not true. We've had help somewhere. Our yeah. systems have been set up before we could be able to do things for ourselves, but we all need help. Uh, so, yeah, so 
that's one of the things I, I'm glad you said that you're, you're, you're opening with that. Um, one of the things that I would also say is like, you know, um, has anyone, any LASA or any workers came to you to get you any hotels? Yes, they, um, my name was put in um, the list and mm -hmm. it's just anything that followed up, I haven't known. They haven't followed up. I was on it once and then it was like, it was like, uh, two years ago <laughs> and two years waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is what it is. You know. I just learned how to be patient on here and put in God hands and leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what is a, your average day like out here? What What do you do when you get up in the morning? What's your first few things that you do to survive? I pray and I go see my mom. And, and I then, just make my day and then I make sure, you know, everything cool around, you know, the day around. It all just it pans out. Excellent. And I don't really schedule. Excellent. Uh, so one of the things that I w I'm glad to hear you saying you're taking care of your family. Uh, one of the things that I would like to uh, leave this after this conversation is what would you like to let your audience know about your situation and how they can help you? you know, don't judge until you, know, you are actually out here. Look at us. We having a party or we're celebrating. Or and we're happy to be alive. <laughs> And we all together. We have CV19. They say stick together as one. And it's just stay prayed up. It's, the door is eventually going to open anyway. Something's going to happen. So. Thank you, Sam, for taking time to thank talk you. with me, and I really appreciate it. Sure. This is Theo Henderson from Weedy and House, and I thank you all for listening, and I hope we meet in the light of understanding and in the warmer climes. And this is our first county sweep and I was just mentioning with Maggie um, wanting to get her insight on what her experiences is with other sweeps besides county sweeps. So what got you involved here? Uh, so I live here in Hawthorne which is right next to where we are right now but where we are is officially I believe county so we're still sort of an unincorporated LA County but I live really close to here just a couple miles away and we've been doing power-ups right down there for probably four or five months. So I've gotten to know the folks along the canal pretty well over the last few months. And I'm really bummed out to hear that um, they're facing this harassment from the county and just wanted to make sure that we were out here. It uh, looks like the police is driving by. Is there any difference between uh, uh, county police or the uh, That looks like a is that instead of dealing with LAPD today, my guess is we're gonna be dealing with the county sheriffs, um, with maybe some local law enforcement. I'm actually not really sure what to expect. Are they better than worse? You, as they should say, you're not sure what you expect, but <laughs> she's turning, she's the black the cop's car is turning around, so. Uh, they're definitely pretty um, I've The unhoused folks around Hawthorne, I know have had a lot of issues with sheriffs, um, stealing their property, um, running them out of town, general sort of harassment. As you can see there, that they're pulling up a bit aggressively. Uh, yeah. In uh, Los Angeles, they have CMD officers 
and I'm curious, I know, I don't know if they have senior lead officers here. What happens if there's abusive practices against unhoused people here? What recourses can unhoused people use, utilize? Um, well, definitely part of why we're here is to document any abuses that happened during this sweep. I feel like that's the first step is de developing that base of evidence. Um, because of course, you know, the testimonies of unhoused people are generally ignored by law enforcement and by the courts. Um, so that I think is the first step and then hopefully we'll be able to work with um, some of our um, you know, lawyer friends that we have through Streetwatch and other orgs to move forward any cases where people are really being abused. Um, yeah. I was also going to say not only that they are ignored too, but they're also ignored by people in neighborhood councils because they really have this uh, bootlicking uh, adulation for police officers as if they are the, uh, the source and the solve of all kind of social ills. Is that true? Uh, well, of course, we're still trying to see what's going on here. Um, they've gotten out the car and the, the sheriff, she seems to be communicating. There's more than one, uh, uh, and I just said, how can we get more people involved? But I noticed that sometimes out here farther away from the uh, Lele City proper, it's a little bit challenging to get activate people. What can we do to be a part of a uh, part of this, this system here to help stop this kind of stuff? Totally. Um, I think uh, one of the biggest challenges to working in the South Bay is that there's tons of different municipalities, so there isn't like a centralized place to look for things like when sweeps are going to be, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I definitely recommend um, following some of our local orgs on Instagram. Uh, I'm part of Street Watch, but I'm also out here with South Bay Community Care. They're doing, they've been doing some really awesome work here in Hawthorne, so I would definitely recommend following them. Outstanding. Maggie, thank you very much for your time. I, I don't want to take you away because I don't want to just observe the goings on over across the street there. But this is Theo Henderson from We In House. I thank you all for listening and may we again meet in the light of understanding. Thank you very much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you.
He also said that there was an unhoused person there that was a slumlord and a gang member that was threatening uh, violence to other people there. He also made the conversation that the women in the Echo Park were not safe, as well as he's showing that, that they were supposed to be doing uh, uh, improvements here. The further investigation has shown that park rangers were taking boat rides, looking deeply into each other's eyes, and then also that there was uh, uh, basically a overhaul of, of nothing that happened. There's been no activity. As you can see, just a bunch of trucks that are idling by, but you don't see the improvements that they're talking about. As I mentioned earlier about Mitchell Farrell, this unhoused news exclusive is filled with a couple of statements. So we're going to break this down by calling it Mitchell Farrell Live. Live number one, 206 unhoused uh, people were put in Roger Groom's feet. Uh, they were placed in Project Room King Authority. He said that it was a success and it should be a model for other parks to be able to join forces and do the same thing that he did at Echo Park. But the truth of the matter is, a few days before the police raid, Urban Alchemy, a few days before, as well as a few weeks before, Urban Alchemy had told unhoused people, as well as their advocates and others that were concerned about it, that there were zero beds or hotel rooms to offer. He withheld support for this until the day of the week before that he claims that the miraculously the beds opened up. Ne neglecting the fact that there were other people that were waiting patiently that had more uh, serious conditions that needed those rooms. But he used it as to make a political point, to use as the model. So the model is, you know, people that have severe issues and things like that, they can get jumped in line because you want to be able to look at the beauty of a park or a Lotus Festival because you don't want to see the in-house. To date, Mitchell Farrell has with the support of Joe Piscino, who's also anti-unhoused, has stated, uh, put out a resolution to investigate the actions of the police, to having the police to investigate themselves on the lie that he says, a credible threat of violence. And the truth of it is, is that I covered this on the ground the night before, and I covered both nights, and you can see footage showing a battalion of militarized police dressed in riot gear, antagonizing people protesters, breaking the arm of one, and severely injuring a non-protester who lived in the apartment in the neighborhood. The truth is, there was not a credible act, uh, threat of violence, but it was a credible threat of uh, act of violence by the Los Angeles police after they had uh, Merrick Garcetti and City Council Mitchell Farrell. Fact, Mitchell Farrell has said that this is military occupation is a success. He said he housed 209 people. Joe Piscano is eyeing San Pedro as the next occupation force to be enacted on the unhoused. Another fact is the weeks leading to the occupation, Mitchell Urban Alchemist Farrell's Stephanie Henchman said there were no beds, hotel rooms, eats. And the fact is unhoused people were skipped and to accommodate the Echo Park occupation. There was also documented from unhoused people that were shipped in far-flung places like Palmdale, as well as other places that didn't have a bit accommodation for them and they slept outside. So now that he's uh, displaced unhoused people and put them in other communities and other council districts, will this be the model where the other city council members will return the favor? To show that this is not just relegated to Los Angeles, the city of Austin has evicted and displaced four houseless encampments. Tied to the story is the a story of a rural town in Giddings moved an un, a dumped an unhoused man into Austin. Giddings police dropped off unhoused man at the Austin Resource Center for the Homeless. 
a video shows by the Austin Police Union. Meanwhile, Austin is discussing the reinstatement of the city's camping ban. Also in Austin, Proposition B is on the May ballot where NIMBYs will use the excuse of fires to evict 100 people from the, uh, uh, the encampment. The wait list for housing is extraordinarily long. Santa Cruz shelter for the unhoused was shut down on May 1st, 2021. City of Santa Cruz, Elizabeth Smith states that the lease was until June 21st and they will not extend. Many people in the, uh, in the community there that had suffered from behavioral or mental health issues will have no place to go unless the only alternative will be criminalization. Everything is on the one Taking the lead from Mitchell Farrell on April 15, 2021, Venice Beach will be evicting the unhoused from 8 to 4 p.m. The signs were posted at 1800 Ocean Front Walk. NIMBY have pressured Mike Bonner to take this action. This is Theo Henderson from We Unhoused, and this is Unhoused News. This segment is the Echo Park debacle that occurred. On earlier weeks before March 24th and 25th, the LAPD had descended on the park. We That much we know, and that much you're going to learn about. But what was not told in several points in several interviews that I've had after the fact, after investigating, was one ground game, Ashley Bennett, had been working diligently for some time housing unhoused people. Case in point, there was a family that was living with the infant child in Echo Park. And Mitchell Farrell, due to public shaming, put the unhoused couple up for a week and they returned unceremoniously into the park. Ashley Bennett stepped into action and found a solid and stable place for them to stay. These are the kind of conversations that when Mitchell Farrell did not uh, speak about when he says he's housed or did the solution, his solution was very temporary. The second part we need to understand is, as of today, that Project Group Key is depowering. That means the same people that he, places, he claims he's going to put in places, they're going to be thrown back out on the street. So basically, in essence, it's not a victory. It's just a public relations op. And now new people are displaced because of a park for fictitious reasons. As you hear these stories, keep in mind that this is nothing but a war on the poor and a class division, as well as more uh, to understand the statistics, more people that are unhoused are people of color than any other group in the world, particularly black Americans and Latino uh, brothers and sisters as well.
when you're weary. Mitch and his crony try their best to keep us divided, but it's failing. There's something in the air. It's failing, it's failing, it's failing, and we're all waking up to it. Uh, this is a, a historical moment and also with a sense of dread and sadness. Because if the city decides to close it down without letting anyone else know, it's going to affect me as a mother. My daughters are not in school yet. The only fun and outlet that they have is coming to this park. Winter. L.A. City Councilman Mitch O'Farrell calling efforts to shelter more than 200 homeless people who are living in Echo Park. They call it a success. Nobody in their conscience could accept that or call that an offer of shelter or housing. largest housing transition of an encampment ever in the city's history. Today, city leaders called it a success. Gratified. I'm gratified that we've housed nearly 200 people since January. We're getting tired of our entire country being run by NIMBYs and politicians. The vast majority of people don't even have a say. This is corruption. What the sounds that you hear from it is the helicopter and the protesters are protesting the situation that police officers have come in the dark of night to remove the unhoused community. They have three police arrest buses, they have two trucks of uh, fixing, as well as they have over 60 officers uh, converging on different uh, vantage points to cattle the, uh, the protesters. The police officers are moving forward aggressively, ready to do what they did in the George Floyd protest. All we say to America is be true to what you said on paper. Somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest for right. We are here at Echo Park Lake and one of the activists uh, here, he gave a very moving speech for further uh, seeing that speech. We'll have that plugged later. But right now we have him and we want to get his collective thoughts and what he thought about today. So what do you think about the turnout here? I mean, the turnout is amazing and it shows what God has proven time and time again, that the people stand together, that we really are together, that these issues are common. Mitch and his crony try their best to keep us divided, but it's failing. There's something in the air. It's failing, it's failing, it's failing, and we're all waking up to it. 
I've noticed, I noticed the energy here is quite different. It's like people are wanting to come like eight years ago, we would have gotten, would not have gotten this kind of uh, response. But right now, why do you think that there's such a movement uh, among so many people now? Uh, one, again, I give credit to my father. There's something opened up in people's spirits that is having them realize, you know, now's the time to stand up. And two, there's only so many uh, times you can hit a person, hit a person, hit a person before they hit that. And that's what's happening. The level of corruption and greed is reaching its tipping point. People are waking up to it. So, initially, Mitchell Farrell was uh, trying to deny that they were about to do this. And they were uh, stating that they didn't want the media presence. Do you think that they're going to be successful uh, trying to do this tomorrow? Uh, we're going to do our best to make sure they're not going to be successful. Uh, we need everybody to show up tomorrow like they showed up today. And tonight we're going to have a good amount showing up in case they try to do some, I'm sorry, in case they try to do some late night thing. And we're just prepared for the dog fight like it was last year. You know, what late really night things that happened? Because I, I, I remember I was here when you guys were going through some, something similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the late night stuff for the audience to know? Well, what happens is, imagine sleeping comfortably at night, 3 a.m., and then your whole home being rattled. And that's hard to imagine because your home is made of brick. But in a tent, it feels like a home until someone shakes it, and it feels like an earthquake. So imagine an earthquake going on. You're going, what's going on? You run outside, and whoop, 20 to 30 police telling you you have to leave. I'm sleeping. Where am I going to go? It's 3 a.m. This is how they roll. So we're just prepared for that. Excellent. And we need as many supporters as we can. And I... I very glad to see that this is trending not only in California I, I wanted to point out I was noticing there too is like this is reaching all over the world and that's one of the things that's I think is so exciting and so wonderful that this is an issue that other cities need to maybe take note and notice is that people are getting tired of these uh, NIMBYs running around using the same tired mantra like criminalization police um, you mentioned that in your your uh, your speech so tell us a little bit about that yeah I mean I want to like what it is is we're getting tired of our entire country being run by NIMBYs and politicians. The vast majority of people don't even have a say. I mean, look at the turnout. Mitch would never have this turnout for any type of speech, yet he's making decisions. This is what we're tired of. The decision lies to the public. It's the public. We are the society, not just a few people. Uh, in terms of the criminal thing, they tried hard last year to form a narrative that we're lazy, that we're all criminals, that we're drug addicts, and that's not the case. That's not the case. It was, when I became homeless, it was the biggest blessing of my life, because guess what happened? I was still me. So if I'm still me, whether I'm in a home or outside, that means everyone else is still just them. There is no distinction, there is no separation. You know, and this is the truth. This is the truth that has to come to light. These people are being mistreated off of false narratives. As you see the ducks over there, and we just had a couple of people. Oh, wait, this lady came with a baseball bat? What she want to do with her baseball bat? Oh, yes, that's the woman that was running around being aggressive. Yeah. So as you can what? see, this is right here, the yeah, woman look, has yeah, a baseball bat, trying to be aggressive. This what, you want to hit people with your baseball bat? Anybody call me a bitch because I want to walk my dog. So I hit people with a baseball bat? What you tough with your baseball bat? How are you trying to escalate this? As you can see, here's an example of a NIMBY that has a baseball bat pushing through. Hey everybody! Uh, I just want to inform you that one of these so-called NIMBYs who's not in my backyard has come with a baseball bat. Some form of intimidation. Why? You got run, you was gonna talk. No, you didn't. You said move. If you said excuse me, that's I did say excuse me. Don't tell me how to talk. Do you have parents? I live here. Do you have parents? 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 Do you have
your parents teach you? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I use my mouth. Yeah, whatever. You shut your little mouth. Well, you don't have to tell me what anything. I bring. I can shut your mouth. We got some Go ahead. You wanted the attention. Attention's on you. Yeah. What you didn't do with that baseball bat? Are you about to do violence to people out no, here? No, I'm definitely not. You try to smash one of our stuff, hit us. What you want to do with that baseball bat? Uh, do you, are you going to do violence to us out here? This is my house. This is our house, too. This is our home, too. Oh, yeah, thank you. I know that. And I'm never routine. All right, now, you got a baseball bat. Are you about to do? What's that baseball bat doing? Are you about to do violence to people out here? Put that bat down. Are you a terrorist? Are you trying to hurt hurt people out here with a baseball bat? Can you just put it down? Are you got one you have a baseball bat? Right. You want something brought a weapon. What you want to do with that weapon? Everyone, blast her, put her face up. This is the face of a person. What? What? You got all the attention. Go ahead. Are you about to hurt people? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Did you put a broken crown? Yes, man. No, bro. You brought that back. Go ahead. Get the fucking back. Trying to intimidate us with a baseball bat. You will not intimidate us. Hey y'all, we're not gonna follow this crazy lady. If she wants to walk off, let her walk off. This woman came with a baseball bat, came back to commit violence to people out here peacefully protesting. And then when we confronted her with it, she denied that she was coming here. And I asked her, basically, in, in my own colorful way, asked her why would she be trying to uh, push people through without saying excuse me. And she told me to shut up, so. And of course the cops are here now. way before Mitchell Farrell all of a sudden had this concern. You were helping unhoused people way before he was trying to close the park. And I wanted to talk, what's your thoughts when you're saying that he's trying to, uh, he was a victory? This is this, this what he did recently uh, was a victory. This is in no way, shape, or form a victory. I'm a person who championed how 
as a human right, but this was a political move for him. He didn't he didn't actually try to do any of this for the better good of the people here. He was trying to get people out of the park so he would look better. We do, we're looking for holistic healing. We're looking for the solutions that folks adequately, adequately need and want. We're centering the voices of our unhoused communities for the type of housing solutions that they would want. So he's an out-and-out -out liar. We've been doing the work on the ground for more than a year. These are people that we know. These are the people that we love. These are the people that we're going to continue to fight for. What? So he can go ahead and run off at the mouth as much as he wants. The facts are there. We've been in the park every single day. We've been working with people towards getting into the program that they would like. And you know what? I believe that, honestly, Echo Park was the, or is the, transitional model of housing that we need. Shelters are not working. Infrastructure and community that was built there was something that was so much greater than a lot of the other interim housing opportunities that exist in the city right now. Uh, one of the questions that I have, if we're going to try to ignore this NIMBY yeah. here, Magger, one of the things is that he keeps saying, but he, I, from what my record of what I've been recording this for some time and interviewing a lot of the uh, advocates and the unhoused activists and things like that, has he ever sat down and talked with you guys about what you guys needed? No, absolutely not. So uh, a little over a year ago, when the sleeps and the place in the park was first being tried, tried to carry, mm -hmm. Parks and Rec was trying to carry it out about a year ago. Residents who drafted a letter asking specifically to have a sit-down meeting with Mitchell Farrell, and that met, was met with complete letter silence. He had nothing to say, multiple times after that. He's never come to the park for anything aside from photo ops with, you know, his programs that are there for a day or so. Um, he never actually interfaces with the residents. So here's the thing also I want to notice too, is like, one, he hasn't talked to the uh, activists, is that also, it's like, how did this, like, urban alchemy, this person, this group here, were sick compactively cheering on this kind of displacement and aggressiveness? Who is urban alchemy? Are they, are they work uh, with any of our organizations, or do you think they just uh, are employed by the city? I believe that they are employed by the city. I've never seen them. I've in time where other outreach teams had been pulled from the field, we had not seen other outreach teams for months. Police council to show, uh, to show that we're unified. We got another press conference. Got it. Remember, same enemies, LAPD and the mayor. It's the same people f***ing all of us. So let's yes. go show some yes. Yes. solidarity. Yes. 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 This is Leo Henderson from Lee and House. We were coming to do another segment, and then we stumbled upon this beautiful thing. Out of all of the chaos and negative energy, there's always positive beauty. And here's an example. This is the Epic Park Garden. Such a beautiful array of different plants. Now, I don't have a green thumb, but I do recognize talent and skill. And this is coming from one of the people that here is Monica. Monica, tell us a little bit about this uh, here. Um, well, my boyfriend started the garden. His name is Marcus Sanchez. It's, uh, it's a garlic, uh, tomato, chili, flowers. What type of flower is that? I'm not really sure either. So what inspired you guys to make a garden? Uh, 
when the pandemic started, we were like sad and down. So he said, we have to make happy where we're staying, make the place happy. So everybody could see it's not just for us, it's for everybody to enjoy the, the view of the flowers and everything. So for us to be positive and people see positive things that's going on in our, in our life right now. Whether you're held or not, you always try to find some beauty in, in, in the circumstances that you live in. Yes. That's what it looks like here. Yes. And when I saw it, when I immediately, I was going to use the shot over there of the water, but then when I saw this, I said, you know, this is like a perfect metaphor to understand that despite what nimbyism and that violent exchange up there shows that even through all of this, people are trying to find hope. And this is one of the ways that uh, we, are, we try to find hope. And many of the news articles that people are talking about how they were depressed in the house when they're going through the pandemic, which is not to uh, diminish it, but you, we don't think about the, the alienation that our house people had before the pandemic, as well as going through the pandemic as well, when people just abandoned them until we started mutual aid to start to uh, connect with all in the same manner. So Monica, how long have you been out here? Uh, nine, 10 months at least. How did you end up out here in Echo Park? What happened? Well, I used to stay before in McCarthy Park and I didn't like it over there too much problems. So, mm -hmm. so my boyfriend thought of this park, he said he came here once to visit and he liked it. the quiet that's here so far. And we tried to not get into people's business and just try to get around and do our own stuff. And then clean as, as we go. Okay, so. It seems like you guys have built a life and a home here. It seems like that's one of the that's things. That's seem to what it is for us right now. It is, and it's just a, a building does not necessarily denote that that's a home. Uh, you can be evicted at any time, and it shouldn't be only the rich or the people that have this delusional thing that they pay, pay taxes and unhoused people don't. But the fact of the matter is that building doesn't preclude you from stripping other people of their humanity. Um, so, what is the way, the best way for people to help you guys get you in a different situation than this? programs that I remember earlier Mike Bonnie was talking about encampments to housing and I agree I definitely don't want to go through any more of these recursive ideas or, or policies I just want a, a place to stay where I can lay my head down and not have to have worry about some ridiculous rule and then when that's you tell true. them that you want to be treated like a human they say you know beggars can't be choosers yes that's true <laughs> so you you sound like you got some experience in that too <laughs> yeah one was when they took my son Oh, they took him from the shelter. That's one of the reasons I didn't trust shelters. They took your son when he was in the shelter? Yes. Oh, my. They told me they weren't going to take him. And the next day, on Mother's Day, they took him away from him. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, was the, were you able to get your son back? No, he got a doctor. But I see him once in a while. I take pictures. But right now, I'm studying for medical billing. I study for medical system already. So I'm moving on a little bit. To take someone's kid because they're poor is, is unconscionable. You're not the first story that I've heard this way, and I'm very, I'm very sorry to hear that. But I also have to uh, uh, say, you know, despite it, you're still trying to maintain your sanity and your resilience 
And this is such a beautiful scene that you have the flowers here and you're looking over at the water here. The park seems like it's a very tranquil place over here. This is Theo Henderson from We and House, and I thank you very much, Monica, for taking the time to tell your story and your uh, creation of beauty here. Um, is it okay if we come back and check on you and see if you're all right? Yeah, sure. This is Theo Henderson, and I thank you all for listening. May we again meet in the light of understanding.
for 16 years, we lived above. I, I myself used to work with Rachel, we can be strong. I've seen this place change from what it was. You couldn't pay back in the day to enter at, at the park. Not even the police would come. Worse than LA, worse than Zero. But this is one of the cleanest parts that we have. We take care of our own. They call me a queen. I never gave myself a name, but I try to take care of my people because I know the one above will always give me more. People ask me, are you afraid you're gonna lose your house? Yes, would you be afraid? If you're losing your house, you can you can't sleep. And I don't know any person, I don't know any person that having debts with this pandemic. And me that I don't receive anything. There's times I can't even sleep. I can't close my eyes. I look at the ceiling and I just keep seeing the debts out piling up. Now with this accident, yeah, I got some type of medical, but that's not gonna cover everything that I have to do. I've had three surgeries. Three surgeries, one skin graft, one spinal tap, and I'm still here with my people. All the people that took corn, all the people that when you walk around and your daughter wants a little candy or a little treat, or you came back to get some momentum from at the park. All those people are over there setting up tents over there, setting up shop over there. Not because they don't have money, no, they don't, but not because they're criminals. We're not criminals. We are not criminals. We clean, we take care of our Gender is implied, no race is implied, no age is implied, no sex is implied, whatever you are, whatever you are right now at the park meeting. Because, because it's a city thing, because of the city decides to close it down without letting anyone else know. It's gonna affect me as a mother. My daughters are not in school yet. The only fun and outlet that they have is coming to this park. Hundreds of mothers are up to here. One, because the kids are not learning, frustration enough. This is where they come and have an escape pen. This is where they come to come and talk to friends. This is where we come to talk to some trees, because sometimes the worst battles is fight by yourself. And this is the place that gave me that peace of mind. To come and look at the water, and sometimes I know if I'm gonna have it tomorrow, that, that, that view overlooking LA, I can do anything. I have and I will. I'm a proud Mexican. Yes, I am. Mother, yes, I am. Daughter, yes, I am. But I'm also a member of this part. Are you with your name? What do we want to call you? What's your teacher? Huh? What's your name, your first last name? The Queen of Everpart. I live in the part because of things out of my hand after having a full-time job where I got paid to see it an hour where I had, you know, cars and everything. Nothing asked nobody this accident. When I woke up, two days later, spent two months in the hospital. Thank God for the hospital there. I managed to save my leg. Never once did I give up. I kept telling myself, I must endure, I must endure. There's, there's pain that's inhumanly describable. You cannot describe it. But the pain I'm seeing now, I'm Someone in the tent is pregnant with the families who come. We didn't choose to be out here. We were pushed out here by a circumstance, a situation of the lack of government help, the lack of humanity, and the lack of information that our council or the people in power are failing to give us. 
We didn't know about this. I didn't see no time. It, it takes a month. Yeah. Why? Because they did not want us to have enough time to gather together and tell the people, hey, there, I know a couple people from these buildings that once or twice were saved by someone in this place. Right, right. Not too long ago, someone got mugged. We just took off because we wanted to fight the people that did it. We don't ask for anything, but in this part, when you want to this part, there's friendship, there's family, loyalty, there's humanity, and there's understanding. No one judges, but if you're not beneficial of life, and you're not contributing, then you're not gonna be here. You're not gonna last long. But if you're someone that needed help or down on your luck, you find a friend here. Unconditioned, unselfish, and without anything in return. Except for you to be okay, because I know one day you're gonna pass it out just like you did to me. You don't know somebody that's gonna be the homeless.
is I've been able to maintain my sanity. And starting a month ago, we saw a secret um, conspiracy cooked up by local city officials to bypass county health regulations, parks and rec commissioners, and uh, normal LAPD procedures on how you deal with homeless people in the midst of a COVID pandemic. Starting two months ago, the councilman Mitchell Farrell decided on his own that he was now the health authority of Los Angeles on where homeless people should be safely residing. And rather than waiting for the COVID lockdown to children place lockdown to end, he rushed in and displaced and threatened the health of healthy, residing homeless people in that park. And that was after a year of doing nothing to reach out to Iman or any of the other community groups that have been working with him, standing with him, working to maintain peace and a sense of harmony in Echo Park. This is corruption. When a person, for political reasons, whether they're a bureaucrat or a politician in this city, can take a precious resource like uh, hotel rooms, they're supposed to go to the most needy and subvert them to destroy a homeless built community gathering place off the sidewalk in a park, in a small section of the park and do nothing to help us maintain the peace and the serenity for everybody there. This is corruption that he did. And it was not an adequate alternative. What, what, what I was approached with were people telling me join in a conspiracy to deny needy people, more needy than me, their right to that hotel room tonight. I am not going to, I, nobody in their conscience could accept that or call that an offer of shelter or housing. That was an offer to participate in a criminal conspiracy to violate codes of city, county, state, federal civil procedure. That's what that was. And the other, other alternative that was offered to me was to be told to go back out to blocking the sidewalks of Los Angeles. It's long past time that we recognize that this crisis has done nothing but grow and grow and grow and grow and grow for the last 40 years. 60% of us now in Los Angeles are not yet out on the sidewalks or in our vehicles. The only thing we can afford, according to every economist who looks at us and saying, you're paying, you're paying more than 30 or 40 or 50% of your monthly income in rent. The only thing you can afford if you're in that condition, and we all know it, is to be homeless in Los Angeles. And to look out on the sidewalks and say, is that what the city is offering me? Is that the adequate alternative? We need to start doing more of what Iman and the others have done in Echo Park, and that is to make some space in our parks so that we can get people off the sidewalks. I wanna add a couple of other things. We're here a week later after this uh, unlawful eviction from our shelter in place in the midst of this COVID pandemic began. And we've seen a media management campaign 
and we've seen lie after lie after lie after lie being put out there by Councilman O'Farrell and passed on to mayor and other city officials as fact. There are tons of rumors that were collected by, quote, outreach workers in Echo Park in the weeks leading up to this. Those were rumors collected by basically a security guard force. And they did their job. They collected reports, they observed, and they reported. Those rumors went to Councilman O'Farrell's staff and Councilman O'Farrell and came out of his office somehow or another as fact. And they're not fact. They're a smear campaign against a community effort of homeless people and house supporters and tenants rights advocates to say we need to do something to expand shelters at a time when we should be expanding shelters with every option, including the options of those who know the shelter systems and the need of homeless people the best, we homeless, which should have been supporting this. The city should have been supporting this. County should have been saying, stop, don't shut this down. He rushed this in. He could have waited a week. He could have waited two weeks. He could have waited a month. But he rushed this in and endangered everybody's health in the midst of a COVID pandemic. And he covers it and he's trying to cover it up with a smear campaign. These are not facts. Tell them if they've got facts, where's the city attorney? Where's the where's the prosecution of this? Where's the police investigation of this? And what are the facts behind it? None. This is a smear campaign that they put out for the last week. And it's criminal. This outro honors the lives and memories of the unhoused community. They honor the unhoused friends and family that have left us too soon. We remember Mr. Harris Hartsfield. He was a talented photographer with lived experience of being unhoused. He was also mentored to many people housed and unhoused alike and was noted of having a streetwise wisdom his work was featured in the Museum of Modern Arts Gallery. His work shows his photos while he was in the house. Also remember Jay Sasso. His proud daughter remembers her father being in her life even during his illness and his houselessness. He would gift her with phone cards, visits, and just being there and present in her life. She did not find out that he was unhoused until after his death. What more can your love do for me? 
member, Miss Angie, who was 24 years old, that passed away in the valley. A whole life ahead of her, but what she did cover in her short time of life was love, friendship, and community. Her neighbors in the house community remember her as having an upbeat personality, but also as the fact that she had so much to give, and that she was a survivor dealing with uh, her troubled uh, ch challenges, but she also was persevered on a day-to-day -day basis. One day I'll fly away Leave your love to yesterday What more can your love do We also remember Mr. Curley, who was also an elderly gentleman that passed away in the valley as well. away a couple of years ago, elderly unhoused gentleman that had dementia, and many, many more unhoused people. As you listen in and think about this, that unhoused people do not get the same remembrance as housed people of note. anybody that you have passed away that was unhoused or have family members, please reach out to Weedy Unhoused. There's also a video uh, um, we do to honor the unhoused as well. You're welcome to find it on YouTube as well. This is Theo Henderson with Weedy Unhoused. I thank you all for listening and may we again meet in the light of understanding. <laughs>